This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 40 from season two. And today, I really just want to talk to the new witches, the witches who maybe aren't so accustomed to magic. It seems to me in the last week, I've had more requests and more just general interest in how to get started with a situation that needs some magic on it. And there's so much I can't tell you because so much of magic is secretive. However, there are some very easy things to do. So if you're a seasoned witch, this podcast is not for you today. Over in Patreon, oh gosh, about four or five weeks back, we discussed my coven and I sigils and we talked through the ins and outs and the historical nature of them and some of the things that they already mean. We also discussed how to create them and I don't want to redo all of that. If you would like to hear about that, you can join us over at Patreon. But I do want to speak to something very simple here. Sometimes I think magic can feel overwhelming And we're so concerned with doing things the wrong way that it freezes us up. And so I will tell you one of the simple things that I do. Sigils, in essence, as long as they haven't been used before by a culture, by a people, and already invested with meaning, because sigils will sort of take on that, you know, meaning over time. And it's hard to make them mean something else after that. Personal sigils mean that you are creating a sign. Bakhtin would have called it the signifier and the signified. That's a philosopher I used to read. But it has to do with, well, I'll say that I believe that we already can do this work without sigils. I believe that we can already do work without affirmations. I believe that we can do almost anything without a single tool at hand. But I also know that sometimes we have to trick our brain into getting out of the way. And so, one of the simplest things that I would do, and it's not any kind of protected secret, it's just pragmatic witchcraft, y'all, is to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen. I mean, for me, it helps to also light a candle, but I'm kind of old school witch that way. And think about what your intent would be for a spell. Uh, release from a situation, to tear down your walls so that you can feel love again, to lay down grief, success in a situation. All of these things, they kind of have a concept behind them, right? So for a sigil, one of the first things I would do is really cook that dish down to a base thing. Get the essence of it, honey. What is the essence of that? And if you can boil it down to one word, it already has all of the intent behind it by the time you get to that one word. And so in this process, it would work. And once you have that, there are a lot of other ways to do that. I think we know that 
Sigils can be done by removing repetitive letters and then writing what is left over each other. But a sigil could also just be a drawing of something very simple that you can remember and that you are investing in meaning. There are a lot of rituals for that. I tend to just get very still, light my candle, think through all of my intent. I go through maybe 10 drafts of this thing. But once I have the symbol, basically, of what I mean, my intent reduced to something simple and easy. Once I have that, that is what I would carve. That is what I would write. That is what I would draw in a situation. And with it, it brings back all of that thought process and all of that magic that led me there. So you could carve that on a candle that you would light. You could carve it in the dirt with your finger or a stick. You could dip your finger in oil or water or your own spit, honey, and draw that anywhere you need to. And it's already invested with that meaning. But sigils aren't the only thing that we need to talk about today. I've also heard that folks are having, especially new folks, are having some trouble understanding wards. And I'm not going to get into complicated spell work. Uh, I never will on the air. However, I will say that you don't need all those bells and whistles to do a ward. Country witches like me, and like some of the Appalachian witches I know, we know that things that are already living and already exist around your property can be wards. You only have to invest that job into them. Mm -hmm. I like to look for things that are amendable to being guardians. And so we've got lots of yucca. And that yucca is planted underneath bedroom windows and other very important places. We also are in an environment where we can grow cacti. And we have that as well. But there are other things I've utilized. And one of the, uh, I suppose, spirits of the land that I've invoked and lean upon and have leaned upon for a very long time are my orb weavers. Very witchy of me, I know. I love them on their own accord. But, you know, at the same time, I see these beautiful things that have been created all over my garden and by my porch, and they're able to capture things that might otherwise destroy their webs or what may have you and utilize them for food. If we look at those already naturally occurring gorgeous webs, As guardian netting for our own homes, one of the things I remember teaching a student a long time ago is why just guard against negativity? Why not stop resisting and gather it and turn it into something that's uh, useful in some way? And so that is what I do. Now, do I feel guilty employing all of these wonderful orb weavers? I think we have uh, five types here on the property. No, no, I don't. Because if it can be food for me, it can be food for them. And that is the spell I create. And unlike so many folk I know, I don't remove these webs. I honor these webs. 
That means that if they take over, and they have a certain place in my green bean line, well, I no longer can get the green beans from that line. If they decide they want to make a web in front of my door where I can't get out of my house, we do gently, and we've done it over and over, reposition them if they continue to do it. Usually, they will only do it for one night. You know, they're going to rebuild it tomorrow, honey. If it's rebuilt in the same exact place, my uh, partner will grab an anchor of that and gently pull it to another post of some sort and try to explain to them while we're doing it, hey, honey, we still got to get out of this door. So I treat them well. I respect their spaces and they're already living here. We're in the same family. Therefore, their webs are part of my home. They're part of the land that I live upon. Why wouldn't I utilize that? And also there have been trees that wanted to be wards. They very much will let you know that. They'll be the tree that you're always drawn to. They'll be usually close to the property line or close to your home. And they will see more active than the other trees. Those are my guardians. They're also the guardians of the land spirits and all the things that live here. They don't belong to me. But I will work with them, honey. Why not? They grew here for a purpose. And we all need to learn how to work together. And that includes working with the land spirits and the things that grow upon and crawl upon our land. And of course, I say ours, tongue in cheek. Not a damn thing really belongs to us, y'all. And, of course, we have Rosemary out there in the yard, and it is the first line of defense Rosemary tends to want to be. It accepts all that negativity, but I will warn you, if you suddenly see all of your Rosemary burnt to a crisp, and it's in the ground, and it's been well watered, and all other things remaining equal, it might mean that you've been hit with some fairly negative activity. And so I keep rosemary growing in a lot of places, just in case we need a backup. By the way, rosemary does wonders at feeding all of your pollinators in the winter. I've seen it bloom in February, y'all. It's just a go-to for which we really should have it growing everywhere. Doesn't like pots, though, I'll warn you. It doesn't like to not be in the ground. And it's such a grounding influence. That makes sense. But sometimes, no amount of ward seems to work anymore. If you are being truly or unduly hit with things that don't make any sense, and they continue and continue, that's a little bit more of an aggressive action, isn't it? See, the things that we need to clear and clean and ward away from us are not always from an outside action. Sometimes they're from ourselves. Sometimes it's arguments we've had or negative thoughts that we've nurtured for way too long. And they've begun to take a life of their own. There's not much we can do about that other than to actually work and shadow work to clear those things up. And also, you know, just deploy our wards as much as we can. But We certainly can't just assume they're going to clean up everything. So we do have to clean up our own mess. But when something has actually been sent to us 
something that is not healthy or good or safe, there are more, well, direct ward techniques that you can use. One of the things we did uh, several, oh gosh, no, not several, gosh, almost a decade ago over here was to get some stakes and draw some sigils on those stakes that had no public corresponding explanation. So there was no way anyone could understand what they were. And as a team, drive them down into the corners of our land and the entries of our land. I won't confirm or deny whether or not there was any um, peeing around those that occurred, but I'm a country witch. What do you think happened? And that's a good thing to do, by the way. Your own urine is your own statement. You know, just stay the fuck away. <laughs> Much like a dog will pee somewhere and say, hey, my place, back off, my area, stay out. The same works for witches' urine, so consider that. And on that note, I don't remember what episode it was or what year it was, but I did speak to witches' bottles. Nope, that was in Patreon too, sorry. But a good old-fashioned witches' bottle... Buried somewhere on your property, hopefully close to the entrance of it or the entrance of your home, will also work wonders. I think there's a horrible misunderstanding about witches' bottles, and I'm sure that they've been utilized to do aggressive magic before. I think we are not necessarily working with the spirit of the spell when we do that. Witches' bottles, the way I was taught, are fully defensive magic. So. Everything from the bent nail to our own urine that goes into the creation of these things is about, no, you're not hitting me. You're not hitting my home. I will twist and turn this energy until it can be released into the dirt and cleansed. I always bury mine upside down, by the way. Makes it very difficult for that kind of thing to get confused about what direction it's going to go in. I did a witch's bottle one time. 2016, I believe it was. And <laughs> it was to keep a certain person that I will leave the name out of here off of my land because they were not in a healthy place at the time. And I was a little frightened and I just needed to be able to have some peace and be able to sleep at night. Y'all, I forgot about it. <laughs> and it was um, buried underneath the front step to my home. And so when this person got help and things subsided and all was good in the world again, and I wanted this person to again enter my home, every time they tried to take a step up, they would get very sick to their stomach and could not come in. It's the witch's duh. You know, I'd forgotten about my own spell. It happens. We're human. And witches. And uh, had to go out there and dig that sucker up and dispose of it properly. Yikes. They were able to come back in the home after that and felt quite welcome. I don't necessarily suggest doing this thing, especially if there's a human involved. But it will work, especially in cases of direct aggression, which is a whole other animal, by the way. Also call the police. I've always found that spells work best in tandem with legal maneuvers, so don't forget about that. 
And so there are a lot of things that we can do toward our homes and ourselves and all the things that we love that live upon our land. I tend to employ as much as possible and with their permission, anything living here. So, you know, plants and animals and the natural occurring things that want to already be here and have agreed to help. Well, yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense to me. However, there are occasions in which I've also added inanimate things, usually also from the land, but there's a stone or two in the wood line that nobody knows about, probably couldn't find if you wanted to. And those stones do have the sigil, and they are doing their work there too. I think the mistake which is made the most about this is forgetting to thank our wards. Forgetting to re-energize them and forgetting to have, um, well, conversations with them about what's been happening. It's an interactive process and nothing has to help us. So it's so wonderful to feel that we are all working together, you know, everything here and me to protect the things that are good. So don't forget to do that either. Don't forget to thank your rosemary. Don't forget to put your hand on that stone that you've put a sigil on and thank it too. Nothing has to serve us. I don't believe in that. I simply don't. Because if it were employed against its will, eventually it will find a way out. You know, I've spoken before about my grandma and talking about her mama and how she would sweep the dirt path in front of her home to just shoo away any kind of astral, nasty, boogie, whatever may have tried to land. And it's just a very, I guess, um, you know, visceral, tactile process to have that connection from intent to an action. And this is where I have a very specific besom. And if I need to do that kind of work, I take her down off her little place on the wall and I get to sweeping. And sometimes the stuff I'm trying to sweep out of here is my own shit, y'all. It's the negativity, the stuff that gets in my head, self-doubt, grief, trauma. Now, nobody's coming to clean up my mess. And if that is what I'm feeling in a home, I've got to work to cleanse it, right? And if somebody were, I suppose, responsible for cleaning up after me constantly, I don't think they could because it wouldn't identify with them. It has to be me that releases that. And in that small act of having a specific besom to do work like that, magical work, I don't even have to be sweeping actual dust or dirt or grime. I just sing a little song, honey, and I just shoo that shit right out my house. It's worth trying. And I think it takes practice. I don't think there's a book that's going to give you, you know, step one all the way to step five and it's going to work. I think you could skip all that and attempt it and mean it and try from the bottom of your little heart to sweep out any grief or residual nonsense and asshattery from your home and it would be more powerful than any spell you could buy. Learn how to craft your own spell work, babies. You know, when I was going to college, that was a long ass time ago, 
and I wanted to get into graduate school, okay? And there was this prospectus that I heard that we had to write just to get in that would sort of predict everything we were going to do in our thesis. I had to do the same thing for my dissertation. Ah, God, it was hard. Anyway, I had never seen one in my life. I had never. And so I had no idea what the boundaries were or what the shape of that would even look like. You know, it was alien to me. I did ask to see other people's perspectives so I could understand, you know, what was, was it animal, mineral? What the hell is this thing? Once I got the idea, you know, the basic loose uh, structure of that, I was able to put my own spin on it. I was able to invest my thoughts into it and my dreams into it and my intent. And I think spell work works like that. You know, it's cool to go look at other people's spells. It's cool to buy a book of them and they may even work for you. But it's also really, really fucking cool to come up with your own. And I think that we don't give new witches enough support to say, look, at least attempt it, you know? Yeah. It's a little scary, and I wouldn't suggest anybody doing anything so complicated that they could end up hurting themselves. But writing a spell to shoo away negative energy, you might be okay there, bat children. You might be able to try that yourself and start building your own book of shadows and your own book of spellcraft. See? And just like growing your own food, And just like growing your own herbs for spellcrafting, can you imagine how powerful, sorry, my little Yorkshire decided he saw a ghost, how powerful writing your own spell would be? Uh Uh-huh. So what's stopping you? Are you afraid you're not good enough? Have you not been initiated by a proper coven? Have you not studied long enough? That's all crap, by the way. I mean, no, I'm not saying covens are crap or learning or the pursuit of knowledge is crap, but I am saying that you do have your own innate witchiness. And it doesn't hurt to give it a little shimmy shake. So do try. Why not? You know, a long time ago, I said that uh, I think it was over when I used to blog quite a bit. And I do miss that. I wish I could get back to it. But a long time ago, I said that witches don't need intercession. And that is one of the deepest differences between us and Christian followers. I shouldn't have said it the way I did, because I'm sure that there are witches out there that feel that they do need intercession. Personally, I do not. So for me and my craft, I believe that magic is coursing through me. And I don't need permission and I don't need auditing and I don't need policement because it's like my body and the conversation we're having about um, birthing bodies. And that's the way I'd like to look at it because it's not just a woman question anymore is very similar. So to tell me what my witchcraft should look like or to tell you what yours should look like 
feels like policing a witch body. Does that make any sense to you? So whatever magic is coursing through those beautiful veins of yours, that's yours. That belongs to you. I do not believe that we need intercession. We might want it. We might utilize it. We might prefer it. But I don't believe we need it. We already are magic. And all we have to do is learn how to let that be. Make sure that when you're creating wards to protect your land and your home and yourself, make sure you don't build too many around your magic. Because bat children, that stuff, mm, that's sacred. And it needs to fly. All right. I realize it's short and sweet. We have new patrons that are helping support the podcast and helping me to stay on air. And they are Jay, Robin, and Rachel. Thank y'all so much. And welcome to the SFW Bat Children family. We're having a wonderful time over on Facebook. We light a candle each week. We talk to each other, support each other, kind of become our own little porch over there. So thank you so much. It matters so much. And also thank you to anyone out there that was patient with me last week. The listener who wrote in about their beloved Tucker, their child that they lost, she wrote back and was so thankful. She said she felt joy at listening to that and hearing her son's name said out loud. And I just needed to do it for her. So thank you for bearing with me, bearing with her, and helping us both honor Tucker's name. All right, I'm going to get out of here, y'all, because I'm exhausted and I've got a lot i got to do today. But I do want some listeners to consider writing in. And what I was going to ask y'all to consider writing in about would be first-time experiences. How you knew you were a witch or why you thought you might want to walk this path. Let's talk about beginnings. What do y'all think? Write in about your beginnings and how you got to where you were. How that door started to shine and twinkle for you and why you're even where you are today. I love y'all. I got to run. I got grades to turn in. I am still a professor (laughs) in a whole other land. One of these days, I will quit and just talk to you. Blessed be. Love you like chickens. Talk to you next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.